This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Sweden's Falconer will release their new album, From a Dying Ember, via Metal Blade Records. Mixed and mastered by Andy LaRoque, From a Dying Ember is a folk power metal smash that will surely please old and new fans alike. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash falconer. Once again, metalblade.com slash falconer. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petr Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends out there. It is I, your host, Petr Spych. I am always joined by... They call me Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And to the left of me. Oh, they call me Sylvia mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram at it's the Sylvia. Make sure to follow other co-hosts, Jocelyn Sharp. At J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, we got vocalist Michael Barr of Volumes on the show. We are here to talk about their standalone single and much, much more, Pixelate, which is out right now, guys. Video's out as well. Make sure you're checking that out. But before we get to our little chat, let's talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. Hooray. That's a fucking hardcore song. <laughs> I love it. Truth. T R U F F. Yeah, man. Truth. Came from the. I came from the diaphragm singing in that. Yeah, I, I, I heard it. I, I, was, I was born to rock and roll. You mm-hmm. guys, you were born to definitely rock. And roll. And roll. Fine. I do both. <laughs> <laughs> I swing both ways. I rock and I roll. No. Uh, all right. So, guys, we've been talking about uh, drive-in concerts for a hot minute now. The topic of, hey, will these work? Well, legendary vocalist Doro did one in her home country of Germany, and there's video. We hear the Metal Sucks podcast. We watch that video. Mm-hmm. And like most things that we're trying to make work during this quarantine pandemic whatever you guys want to call it it looks like it sucks yeah <laughs> right? it's a little cringy yeah. you know a what little it, cringy. it reminds me of that fight scene in the movie lionheart when everybody just had their uh car lights on yeah you know that's all it was it's like just her walking around a, a drive-in movie theater yeah. and just kind of like getting everybody to pump their fist and hit the top of their but they were yeah i, if, like, I mean somebody still, if somebody still had their seatbelt on oh man i gotta be safe <laughs> when i rock yeah <laughs> right my lady is for Father's Day. She she got us a hotel room and she's like, let's go out. Let's do something. We've been stuck in the house for a long time. And we went to a casino out here and uh, this particular casino, not all. Mm-hmm. Okay. We went to Laughlin. We didn't go to Las Vegas. We went to mm-hmm. a smaller town and it had the plastic partitions between the machines for you to gamble. And then the machine in between. So there's a three, three machines. The one in the far corner is on yep. plastic partition. The one in the middle off plastic partition. The one in the corner on. So in essence, I can't even talk to her, and we're sitting there just gambling away from each other, right? Masks on. They check your temperature before you walk in. And I mean, within 20 minutes, I'm like, Jesus, 
this is lame. Yeah. Like, even if I won money right now, I'd be like, let's go, you know? And so it was, and again, fantastic idea from my lady. I'm not talking shit. She's mm-hmm. like, let me do something special she for She fucked up Father so day. bad. She fucked the up place, Father's Day. The place was sold so out. Bad. <laughs> the room was like 260 bucks. Like, so she she went out of the way being like, all right, let's do this. And the whole, the whole place, like people were there, but the compromise took away all the fun. Yeah. It took away all the joy unless you're by yourself and you want to gamble and not care Mm -hmm. about anything around, which obviously I was there to be social with my lady and have a night away from the kids and all that stuff. So for me, we just ended up going back up to the room and and watching too much forensic files. And I thought about that. I'm like, we virtually got a hotel room, drove outside of Vegas. So we could do the same shit. So we could watch TV in a hotel room. And get a little louder. That's all I got. Oh, get a little. Oh, you oh. mean sex? No, I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't. Okay, that sounded right. Like sex. No, I meant like we can. We can not wake up the baby. Oh. Usually we have the TV that on mute. Sounded a lot like, like you guys sex. Had sex. We did yeah. have sex, but that's not what I was talking about at the time. Oh. The point is, is that usually when you're when you have a kid okay. and he's sleeping, and say say you sleep in my arms, you have the TV on and subtitles, so it's completely silent. You can't watch TV with people talking. Sure. And so what I meant by a little loud at that time. Was sex? Yes. Okay. 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 Great. Okay. So, so, she, <laughs> so he's like, so "You're she, not allowed to." Uh, so she actually said things like, "Hey, that feels good, Daddy," and stuff like that, instead of just kind of like, "Hurry up, shh, keep it going. I'm gonna come." <laughs> so drive-in movie theaters, if I may. Don't wake, don't wake the baby. Don't wake the baby. You're being too loud. Shh. There might be a baby in this hotel room. Be quiet. Be quiet. Calm it down. Oh, oh wait. No, we're in a hotel room. Oh, put it in my butt. That, that was oh, you. Wow. That was you that yelling. Was, that, was that was Pete yelling. Me. That was not. And then you. he was like, uh. and he was like, oh yeah, I can be loud again. This is so natural. <laughs> It's unnatural, yeah. At this point, but anyways, the point is, is that so we pretty much hung out downstairs with uh, with everybody that was being quarantined, right? And masks on. They have the whatever. Um, played, I guess, by ourselves for a little while. There's with no partition between with you. partitions between us. I was going to ask, did you guys go out to eat at least? No, restaurants are all closed. So we we took the food from the fantastic cafe of this place uh-uh. and we ate it upstairs in our room. Um, expensive little like expensive little trip. For you know the the night and all that wow. stuff, and now I was you're like, right. you basically did whatever you do at home and just yeah. paid more money to do yeah. it. Yeah, Pete lived that one percent lifer, you and know so what I mean? and like so she, she 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 looked just at throw me, away some money, and she said, well, you know, she looked at me and she said, um, okay, well, if this is how things are right now, clearly we should just get into video games at home and do something different, and you know, because it's it feels weird. It's it's weird. When there's rules to a place that you're used to going to with a little bit of chaos and fun, the fun's gone. Dude, and that's what I saw in this concert video. That's what see I'm just yeah. this is what I was trying to get at. Like when you go out, there's there's an energy that happens when you're amongst a lot of people. There's an energy. I, I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Like last last couple of weekends I've been at a bar and granted it's not like I was it was packed, but there was there was a, a doing stand up comedy. Like, I was doing yeah, yeah, I was doing I was doing comedy and the shows have been great. Like I've the the, the audience has been so grateful. You know what I mean? I'm super yeah. excited. Well, that's good. And then we go down to a bar downstairs, because it's like a three level thing. And uh, we go to a bar and uh you know, there's maybe 20 people in the whole place, but, you know, and everybody's separated. But again, though, even though there was like a group of five over here, a group of four over here, a group of seven over here, like there was still an energy there. There was laughter. You were seeing people have fun. Like that shit is infectious, mm-hmm. you know, and right now and why the world is in such 
disarray and in, in such shambles is because we haven't been able to enjoy one another. We haven't been able to feed off each other's energy. I know that sounds a little hippie, a little dumb, but it's like I really do truly believe in that. Those partitions make you feel like even when you enter the casino, or at least the when I went to— It says to, the fun stops here. Um, it's no, there's, this, it, it, you, you it, think it feels, this is a game? You think this slot machine is a game, motherfucker? That's what those positions are telling you. It, it felt like checking in like on a plane. Yeah, you're going yeah. through the whole check process, and because and when you went inside the the casino, right, mm-hmm. like they have to take your temperature. They take your temperature right and away, and so you have to like go through like this little. Yeah, so you go into the casino. They put a thermometer up your ass. No, no, no. no. They have wow. you stand. They had you oh, me wow. stand on a circle. Where are you getting your right? temperature taken? I, I just thought that was no. standard. Okay. Mm-mm. I, I took my dog to get shots yesterday. They put the thermometer up his ass. Hey, that's dope. Oh, yeah, so um, just, it's just funny that it, it came full circle. Yesterday all came together on this episode. And so anyways, they, they have you stand on a circle, and they're like, you look at this thing, and they're yeah. like, you're good, and then they let you go. So they're six feet away with like, it's it's a, I guess it's a thermometer. Like that's a scanner. Yeah, scanner I, went to a, I went to Red yeah. Rock a yeah. Casino in Vegas here. Uh-huh. It's off the strip, and that's what they were doing. They, were, they, they take your temperature, yeah. but if I'm not mistaken with the Red Rock, you can sit next to each other. There's no partitions between the games, right? Yeah, there is. There was. Mm-hmm. Okay, never yeah, mind. So they, like, got, they, t- no. they take the seat out of like the middle the one. The middle so one? There's like three. They take the middle one. The and then the partitions are up. So like, what yeah. is it? Is it like one of those things where you walk in front of a screen and then whoever's looking no, in front of like, it's like the predator where they just see your heat signatures? Is that? Oh, is I wasn't on the other side of the screen, but probably. I'm just saying, is no, it like it, that? It looks like a little uh, projector, like what you would see when like the teacher brings out, you know, an assignment mm-hmm. or whatever. Because I walked in. It looks like that. I walked in front of one of those and the person behind that screen who was looking at me, they go, hey, nice balls. You can continue. And it was weird. So. Double you've obviously yeah. you've obviously been doing good at comedy yeah. on the side, out there on the strip, call, buddy. Crushing it, crushing it. It's called swinging a miss. <laughs> the worry you got to step to the plate, man. Look, I'm not gonna just let the pitch. But I got. I'm going for. I'm going for broke. But did it make you a little bit uh, at put you a little oh, bit no. at ease? Oh no! Here's the thing: is I, like I loved all that because it, it makes you think like you're safe because like no one else has. I loved it all that they did. I love the precautions yeah. they took for us to go in there, and my lady did too. It was just the fact that when we got down to be like, yeah. all right, let's take a brief, deep breath and let's have some fun. fun yeah. you're, no, you, the, the environment's not fun. No. There's still rules all around you, and you realize that, listen, all you're going to do is put money in this, this game, and then I, I play cards or whatever like that. I go, and you're just playing cards, and if you win money, it's not exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like it's because it's you're not having fun. You're not sitting next to someone. You're not having yeah. drinks. You're yeah. not like, – like there's drinks there. You know, we just, it's, it's just, it's not the same. It's not the you, environment. It for feels it, like uh, something's up your butt, you know, yeah, yeah. like you're just, it's a drag. Really. And so, but yeah, if you're going to hang out with somebody and sit three seats over with a partition between them, I virtually had my headphones in listening to Motorhead last night, looking over her and she's listening to the Ramones and I'm like, how's the Ramones? Good. How's Motorhead? Good. I'm like, this is hanging out. Like, this is like, how's the Ramones? How's the Ramones how's record? She, she got, she got the yeah. live in New York city, 1978. She yeah. just got the record. So I was like, yeah, listen to your record. I'll listen to my, you know, I, I, I listened to sacrifice and, uh, you know, Inferno, mm-hmm. the classic Motorhead that doesn't get the credit. Yeah. But the point is, is like, wow, this is, I'm out with my lady listening to, uh, headphones. And so she did great. Um, but, was this, it, was this when she, you're saying she did great, like she won money or, or no, when she was giving you the boom? We actually, as far as the money goes, like we, we did end up losing, but not a lot because we didn't have a lot of fun. So it was like, we just kind of played for a little bit and we're like losing. And then maybe like 30 minutes later, we're like, yeah, let's go do something else. Cause we're not gonna like, 
if if you're gambling and you're not enjoying the process of it yeah, all, what's uh-huh. the point? What's I'm the just point? losing money. Yeah, I'm just losing money. So we kind of got out of it. But the point was for us to kind of like hang out, sit next to each other, play some Keno or some mm-hmm. poker together. Like because we would sit at the same machine and play together, but we couldn't do that. And if I brought a chair up next to her, even though we're together, the security guard would be like, "No, no, 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 no. you don't. We, you got. You can't do that." Like yeah. so, it was like there's rules. Like I said, there's rules all around you. So with concerts, when there's rules all around you, where you can't mosh, but you can't do anything like that, it does take yeah. the fun. Doesn't I'm telling I'm telling the world it doesn't. It's work. like having a chaperone the entire day. Yeah, like you so, can't really do anything. Yeah, yeah. So if we all follow the rule, which I guess it's out the window now because nobody cares. I mean, anymore. I can't go into the mop closet and fuck. Is that a second swing and a miss? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going big. I just like to yell shit out. Because I swear I to God. Can, yeah, I could tell. Yeah. Well, because it's like, oh, we've been talking about it. It's just how much fun Pete did not have thanks to his wife's beautiful gift that she gave him. Wait, is that what you got? Or did you get like, hey, she did great and the experience wasn't good for yeah, you? Yeah, she us. did great. It was the experience. Yeah. Well, it wasn't her. You know, it, it, the intention was there. The yeah. intention yeah. was there. Please yeah. understand, there's nothing bad. It's uh, like when somebody all. gives you like a macaroni necklace and there's a booger on it, you're going to still be thankful for the necklace, you know? <laughs> you stop telling me. I'm talking what? about your dad. I'm talking what? about your kids, dude. Stop telling what jokes. His kids. He's going to get his kids going to give him a macaroni necklace and he's going to have we some snot on it and then Pete's going to have to go, "Oh, I love it." My oh, kid pissed on me this yeah, week. Yeah, it's it good. Horrible. He pissed on you. Oh, yeah. I got I guess I could tell this story, huh? Going from well, yeah, that, you brought it up. I shit all over my wife's gift. Now I got to, okay. So my, me and my wait, wait, wait. So you did number two. <laughs> no, no, on your wife's gift. We were, we were, uh, and then Briscoe did number one on your chest. We were play wrestling, and you know when you tickle someone and they're about to pee. Like I was tickling him a little while ago, and then like he will jump on me and give me like fake elbows and stuff like that. So I I picked him up to do like a power bomb uh-huh. on the bed. And like I flipped him, like you really do a oh, power bomb, no. and he pissed right in your face. No, no, no. He oh. puts he, he sat on my chest, and I, I grabbed his little arms, and he started oh. laughing. And so I tickled his armpit, oh, no. and he pissed right on wow. my chest. It's a circle, guys. And then I and then I dropped him down slowly. I go, did you just pee on me? He goes, yeah. Let's go to the bath. And so he ran to the bath, but I, he peed on my chest. Oh, that's cool, oh. man. That's cool that he was enthused I didn't, about. I didn't it. yell. Yeah. At, I didn't yell him. No, well, of course. Yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? Scream at him? Yeah, you know what I mean? You're the one who made him piss on you. You're the one that tickled him. That's my fault. That's your fault. It's all on you. Yeah. Well, I got pissed on. Hey, like, what would have happened if you would have tore into him and then you just damaged him for life? It was just thick. That's how. That's how being a parent is. That's a thin line. Yeah. It's a real thin line. So is being a funny uh, one-liner jokes. <laughs> it's not that easy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Very difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. Uh, oh, we're on uh, fire, Sylvia. You guys, you Talk guys. to us. Talk to us. All right. So, anyways, driving concerts, guys. Until it's back, until it's legit. Well, these no, compromises. These, these guys, you, here's the thing, though. These bands need money. I yeah. know. So you have to help out the band, or else some but of them are going to break up. Isn't it kind of cool for like the people who are front row? Yes. That you know the hey, person whatever. can like go get again, close to them. They wanted to get out of the house, and yeah, sure. You know, it's not the same. But again, they're they got their one of their favorite performers standing right there in front yeah. of her. You know, sh- showing off her There's, split ends. But and you fucking mm-hmm. you. <laughs> Are you You're talking re- about my split ends? He's talking no, about Dora. Wow. Dora. No. Oh, okay. yeah. Doro. Doro. Wow. Not Dora. Like, okay, so. But the point is, is that what I just said is that if you do make the effort to go out there and you're like, this isn't any good, you'll never go back. So it might be better for bands not to take that one half step approach and then people not come back until it's back. You see what I'm saying? I think they yeah. I understand what you're saying. Unfortunately, dude, and I, I am all about supporting bands however you can right now. I really am. But unfortunately, I think for the metal and hard rock scene, these compromises ain't 
ain't gonna do him any favors, man. I don't, think, do I don't think favors. it's going to do any favors, but I also don't think it's going to hurt him. I just think it's a lateral step. I think it's move move out of desperation. They're like, look, this, I don't want to do this any more than you do. Yeah. When you're pumping your fist, don't hit the ceiling of your car, bro. <laughs> maybe unbuckle yourself. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, there are people. Get, don't you get there out are of the seatbelt. Hanging out of their window. Out, yeah. Yeah. There are people. Like, I mean, she was going around giving people high fives, dude. Yeah. So everybody, like, everybody yeah. who had a sunroof probably enjoyed it. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yes. they were just kind of there and. You know, next story, guys. Yeah, we go from the uh, the COVID, the coronavirus. Then what do we go to next? What do we have to go to next? Rape. What what are we only talking about? Rape? <laughs> no, oh. politics are next. Oh, right? God, oh, of God. course, Jesus Christ, I hate this. Go, yes. of course. You know, I uh, I don't know if I told you guys, but I completely do not look at any kind of the only media inside my mind now is like I wake up. And I have my iBooks open, so when I pick up the phone, I see my messages, I ignore everything on social media, and I read pages on iBook, and then I'll go watch a movie in my kitchen when I make breakfast, and then I'll, like, so I'll only put media that I want in my head, and I've been doing that for about, I don't know, almost two weeks now, uh-huh. and I'm telling you, the world is a beautiful place. I yeah, love yeah. everything about it. Oh. And then on Friday, I'll sit down and like read all of the Metal Suck stories and all that stuff. And then stuff. you'll be like, it's not that beautiful. And, well, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, just, just reading ugh. the Metal News on the site, I get, I pick up on what's going on with the rest of the yeah, world. Yeah, when you're not, yeah. when you're, when you're basically getting the media the way Pete does, where he's mm-hmm. just in, avoiding the news at all costs. You no, know, it's I, like, I, hey, hey, films, music, and books are the human condition. So I'm, I'm getting all I need, I'm my just friend. saying, I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm just saying, like, when you turn off to the rest of the world and you just live the world through your eyes, it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, the world is a 10. And then when you do the Metal Sucks News, all of a sudden it goes from, like, a 10 to, like... I don't know, like a Michigan six. I gotta you tell you, I mean, I, which is not. But it sounds. It sounds like you know, it's it's helping with your mental health. Well, you, I, I get to, I get to bring in what I want to. I watched the uh, a documentary film, the one Peter Jackson. They will not grow old about the World War One guys, and and they, it was an amazing documentary where they did all the. Uh, they restored all this footage from World War One. They showed all these people's faces, and it was brutal because you see them die and all these things, and they show how insane life was in the war. So it's like, I'm not getting a good picture of the world. I'm getting a perspective of the human condition, my friend, by media that I want instead of people, instead of people telling me how to think, you know, what's crazy. And about a you know, hundred years from now, yeah. they're going to show videos. That's a hundred years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. A yeah. hundred years from now, there's going to be videos mm-hmm. of Pete at a slot machine, not having fun. <laughs> and they're going to go, look at this guy. Like things are so much better now. At least he's not like Some director will restore did see, it. Did you see the video of the guy smoking at a casino where he like, like he he takes his mask off and he like Lights takes the, a few pu- puffs yeah and then he like puts it back on or whatever yeah and basically hot box with cigarette cigarette yes. smoke I didn't see like, it yeah oh. it's very good yeah oh I, maybe I should watch it I, 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 I but that's gonna be there's a way around everything yes like, again guys <laughs> all the media that I'm going in I watched Dead in Drive in this week it's only I watched Waiting for Guffman I'm just gonna yeah. put in stuff in my uh in my head that I hundred years from now they're gonna the historians are gonna be like let me tell you about the Great Plague and the ti- and the King of Tigers who was killed by his wife I'll watch it in some sort of cinematic fashion telling the story of one person how's that that's all I need otherwise otherwise look dude I'm unhappy I haven't seen Tiger King yet. I haven't either. I haven't seen Tiger King. No, I got no. I, I can't. Oh, I can't. But, I, I don't fall. Yeah. I can't do that. Like, like if everybody's like, it takes me like seven seasons. Whenever he was like, you got to watch. You got to watch. You yeah. got to watch it. Like, all right, I'll watch it. But uh-huh. uh, the Tiger that that looked dumb from the jump. 
like dumb because from the, guy, the jump because of his mullet. Well, the mullet, just the whole thing. It's well, like, you can tell it's, a, it's a, I, I don't it's know what totally it's about, set but up. a lot of times you'll see something like that and you'll think, this is just set up for us to look at this guy and be like, how fucking sad and crazy is this person and delusional and us kind of hating on someone. That's the way I see it. Again, I haven't seen it, so I don't want to say anything, but it, it, whenever I feel it like, like this like a is a set up to, to bully some some really sad person, I'm like kind of out of it. That's me. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, we, I talked about it before like okay would you rather go to a casino mm-hmm. today yeah. or watch tiger king i'll watch tiger king okay before. well i mean i don't know what's sadder I, I'm, I'm fine with the casino what's sadder no it's just a compromise it's not sad the casino it's just compromise yeah and uh, you know I'm, I'm born and raised in vegas it's, it's a hard compromise for people like yeah. us it is mm-hmm. you it know is. it's like if you're visiting I, I bet you'd be like awesome you know it's completely but we know but we know what it looks like you know right. our expectations what it should look like. yeah. yeah so um but no, that's we talked about that with streaming services. Like, why can't I have chicks that just gave birth up there dancing at the Pleasure Palace at uh, Planet Hollywood or something? You know, like you ever seen those? The girls are still dancing; they just have masks on. Oh, okay. On, at the you D downtown, see, you seen yeah, that? they still are. What's up? The you girls have, are still dancing; yeah. they just have masks on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see them like dancing, yeah, all sexy yeah. like, but they have the masks. That's uh, the one. Thing even I, like, even like with the showgirls, they have um, their masks are all yeah. like bedazzled. And yeah, stuff. I don't yeah. understand. Like, I've never been into that. Like, I'm just like, I just want to gamble. Like, why am I looking up at this chick and, I don't know, she's blowing kisses to people. It's just stupid. Well, you know, it's, teach their own. Whole, Somebody likes whole, uh, it. It's part of the yeah. appeal, I it's guess. It's a gimmick. Yeah. So, whatever. As long as they're happy doing it. I don't know if they would be, but whatever. I, I, I don't know. Back to whatever. But the point is, is that we have full control of the media that we bring into our world. And that doesn't make you less... I guess part of the world you have full control, and that's the thing. Is like if you we talked about this, if you only have streaming services for everything, and you don't dig and dig and dig and find something that you love that's kind of your own, which you can do through those services, um, you might just end up watching what people tell you to watch, like the Tiger King. Well, without, and that's the part where I'm like, I don't want to be a part of you people telling me. I want to, I want to take that dive you, you know have to go. You have to start embracing. I still the go to the library and look through for books, dude. You have to, no. you have to embrace like the grassroots way that punk rock and metal grew like they weren't getting the radio play they weren't out there for mass consumption but they still found a way to grow and Mm -hmm. like what pete's saying is like look in order for this genre this specific genre to grow like you know you could find it on spotify you could find it on on apple but but they give you recommendations correct i don't have either either thing but they'll give you recommendations so you're going to be peaked you're you're going to your interest is going to be peaked immediately from what they recommend and so i think a lot of people are just going to take those recommendations and be like let me check this out and i guarantee you 90 percent of the recommendations 80 percent are going to be fine yeah yeah they're gonna be fine they're not like oh this is great it's like here you go listen to this but after a while though those recommendations they end up you know, getting bought off eventually. Yeah. I mean, it's like eventually certain things have to happen where b- certain bands get boosted up because of but, record labels. It always happens. But you see, that's what I'm trying to say is that from my experiences, like the things that you really matter and touch you entertainment-wise, let's just say books, movies, paintings. Not uncles. Photographs. <laughs> you find yourself <laughs> and you have a connection where you, and you share it with people and they don't know what it is, right? That's something that we have, right? You're like, look how great this is. And people are like, wow, this is great. How come nobody knows about that? That's part of the the search and the find of well, something uh-huh. fantastic, right? Yeah. Opposed to like, hey, 
everybody's talking about it, so just watch it. Oh, that was good. But you know? that's the best part about this particular genre is the fact that, yeah, we know it's not the popular bubblegum prepackaged bullshit that everybody's usually consuming. Like, that you have to find, we have to find one another. Yep. You know what I mean? We, it's not like you just walk out into the mall and just find people that like what you like. Like, this specific genre, like, we have to find one another. And that's why. But this specific that's why, genre. But is, that's why, but that's why those drive in theaters and stuff like, or those drive in shows, like, they are important, though. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm not, it's like, we, we still have to know that we're out there existing. Mm-hmm. We still have to know that there's other people out there. And when you see them with your own eyes, it does uplift you. But this musical genre is also the most no-holds-barred type genre when you think of bands like Cannibal Corpse, Lyrically, yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. So it's like this genre isn't going to be recommended. You have to search for it. Do you disagree with that? I don't I don't know for a fact, but I don't know if Spotify or Apple does. is saying you got to listen to Cannibal Corpse. Yes. Okay. It, it does. It can, I mean, yeah. It, uh, Depends what you listen to. Yeah, well, Cattle, cattle Decapitation, yeah, they... they, they, they Huh. Push it off. I mean, they they go hard. Yeah, that's. I mean, so there you go. So maybe that's the whole thing. So, my I, I forgot what the point was to all this yattering that I was doing. But we were talking. You were, were just. You we were, were talk- going to the story, which was protest. The heroes frontman said on on far right wing fans that they have that the band. I don't want those people listening to our music now. So as a band, you can't control your fans, but they're saying, hey, if you have this political belief system, stay the fuck away from our band. I heard Keith Buckley say a similar thing from Every Time I Die, one of my favorite bands. Um, and I've heard other guys be like, hey, we don't care about your political views. Come come hang out with us. But I've also heard those people get blasted because people are like, you're supporting a racist agenda, which is MAGA hats, right. far right views, things like that. So what are your guys' takes on... Judging fans based on their political agenda. I think it's, I think a political agenda. Now, look, uh, we all know how all three of us feel about Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. The guy is very divisive. He's, it just sure. divides. It's incredible, like what he's done. But, um, but like when you're talking about politics and stuff like that, it is such a thin line now. Like, there might be people out there that like severely uh, support the Second Amendment, you mm-hmm. know. But then there's, but at the same time, they want to be uh, pro-choice. Well, those they those two things don't align in one political party. Yeah. So you're going to have to pick the lesser of two evils. So, and most people are understanding of that. They're like, look, I, I didn't want to vote for this way. I didn't want to go that way. I'm not going to judge somebody based on that. And that's the unfortunate truth. The only way to change someone is by being the best that group has to offer. And you can only be the best that group has to offer by being kind, not by going, get your fucking hat and get the fuck out of here. And it's like, I I think there's a way to reach these people and show them like, look, we're not the side of the bad guys. I'm saying, when I say we're, I'm not talking about- opinions. Yeah, I'm not talking like liberal conservative. I'm just saying like, if you put the best version of yourself out there, yeah, yeah, on either side, you're showing the best from your side. Mm -hmm. And by telling somebody to get lost and refusing to allow them to explain themselves, that's not right. Now, granted, look, you wear a MAGA hat, we know what you're saying. That that has turned into an international symbol of middle finger in the air. I don't sure. care what you think. If you're going to go to a show and you want to be a part of the group, you don't have to show that stuff off. Well, that and then you you kind of have to understand what you're getting yourself into. So if you're going to go to one of their shows, they don't like people who are you know far right wing. Okay, I'm not going to wear the hat. You know. Do you- Unless you want to antagonize, that's what I'm saying. People are also uh, uh, fans of antagonizing people, and that's my thing. And that's the one thing with these MAGA hats and stuff like that. You know what you're doing. 
Even when you're wearing, even when you slap a bumper sticker of your favorite candidate on your car, you know what you are doing. You can't be that naive you, it, to it, yeah. think that it's not going to entice anything. You can, ta- you can say, oh, I'm just supporting X, Y, Z. But in reality, you're giving a middle finger to ABC. You yeah. know what I'm but saying? It's I, like, that's that's the same thing. Your support is also telling somebody else that the person they're supporting mm-hmm. is wrong and they're wrong for supporting that person. I mean, it, when, but when did we as a culture give up on the ignorant? When, when have we as a culture not tried to educate them by being kind, by being intelligent by being smart by trying to show them a different way a way that they weren't shown when did we as a culture be like if if you don't think like me okay then get the fuck out of here and i don't give a shit what happens to you when when did we turn that way uh, well because social it's, media it's, it's yes. social, social, social media, media. yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's when it happened yeah okay. because that's that, just a question i'm not saying no anything, i know but, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's ever, that's really where it, it changed like, us, yeah us, huh? facebook mm. you know you see all these comments you know you say something and then you see a comment saying well i don't i don't agree with you and you're not correct because this is how it's actually supposed to be. Well, my thing is, though, too, it's is... It's all Facebook. It's my, all social media. My thing is, is every... I, I'm, I'm with her. Yeah. The majority of people that I know that are Trump supporters, they go, yeah, I know. They, they, they're they not super ecstatic about it, mm-hmm. you know? But they also point out, they go, but look at what's going on on the other side. And you can't deny that this other side has got its glaring imperfections. So I, I, who am I to sit there and point out to somebody what's more important in their world, how they should vote? Like, I, I don't have kids, so maybe Pete and I are going to vote differently mm-hmm. on certain things. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, everybody's walk of life is different, which means their priorities are going to be different. And yeah. then all of a sudden, it's like everybody has different priorities, but we just split down the line. And when you do this at rock shows, at sporting events, like, this whole the, all, the, all the athletes are talking about taking a knee in the NFL. Well, what's going to happen when they turn around and look at the people that are not taking a knee? Now, are they going to be viewed as evil now? Like, We're feeling that with masks. That's, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, and that has turned into a political thing. It has statement. turned into a political thing. Stupid. I walked into a subway to get a sandwich with a mask, and some girl snickered at me. And I'm like, I don't really care. You know, it's not my thing. But I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an adult, and I'm good. Oh, look at that guy's wearing a mask. It was just like that. I'm just getting a sandwich. I'm like, now... We're going to shame each other over different policies because of what you believe. Yeah. But the truth is, is that I see that person as someone that is not quite, hasn't had the experience yet of someone maybe being sick in their family or someone really deteriorating. And it's like, okay, no problem. Feel the snicker now because it's not permanent. When something real happens, your life will change. I'm not going to antagonize that person. I'm going to welcome them. You know, I'm going to welcome them. And if they have the conversation with me, I tell them exactly what I just said to you guys. You know, I'm going to be like, look, dude. You know, I've had this experience and nine times out of 10 people will be like, fair enough. Or they'll try to sell whatever they're, they'll try to recurgitate and sell whatever was sold to them without life experience. That's, but, the, that's the funny thing, especially no. with what's going on here in America. You do have people on the far, far left and far, far right that are like trying to start up like a big fight. Mm-hmm. You know, they want, they want there to be a big fight and a winner so then we can change. Okay. Either way, you're going to end up becoming the worst version of yourself when you have that. Anytime you slap a face on your problem, you're going to make a bigger ass out of yourself. Yeah. You just got to be the best you can be. Then when you make an ass out of yourself, if you learn from that and then you scale it back, that's positive. And that's that's called, what I mean. And that's called experience. It's called experience. And the thing is, it's, like, it's so funny because when you're talking about If you about go to a, a show wearing a MAGA hat, a protest the hero show, and then you get your ass kicked or whatever bad thing happens to you, right? Let's just say people don't accept you and something happens, you'll learn from that experience. And what that's going to breed is just more hate. And you're right. Those people are villains. They kicked my ass because of a hat. 
that's what I'm trying to avoid. If there that was makes one, sense, there was a couple you know? of things that were there were a couple of videos that happened during the protests that I found very uh, uplifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one where this guy he was white dude just yelling out racial slurs or whatever. Somebody hit him. And another black dude ran over there, fought off a bunch of other people, picked oh, this guy yes. up over his shoulder, and walked him out of there. That is how you change someone. Mm-hmm. Being that kind, showing that person, you see, I, your view of me is not what you think is happening. And unfortunately, this is how it happens in, in some of the, in, especially in social media. You think I'm this way? Motherfucker, I'll show you. And it's no, mm-hmm. you have to be better than what they think. And it's very easy to be better than what they think. Being it's the very easy to be better than what you think. It, 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 engaging with these people is the problem. And unfortunately, we've let the ignorant engage with the opposition so much. We've let so the ignorant much. engage from a screen yes. for the so most I'm part. It's because of social yeah. media. It gives a voice of people who probably should not be, yeah. like their voices should not be heard. Right. The, the inexperienced voices <laughs> yes. are, they, that's have the thing. They, never had a, they never had a platform. Now and, they do. And, yeah. and it's so funny because this is the thing. Whenever you hear people talking and about- And that incites people. Well, mm-hmm. this is, and, and this is one thing too that I want to get out of everyone's head. Okay. Whenever you hear somebody talk about revolution, 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 I can guarantee you they've never been in a war. They don't know what it is. They don't know what that kind of chaos is like. They've seen a movie. They saw Saving Private Ryan or 1917 and thought they had the world figured out. Mm -hmm. They don't. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And keep that in mind when you listen to some of these people. And keep that in mind that I was probably one of these people when I was 17, 18. I was like, why can't we have anarchy? Why do we need this? And then you realize, oh, because when you have something like that, power structures still play. And who gets demolished in that structure? The weak. Who are the weak in society when people look at it on on a point-blank thing? Children, women, things like that. That's why you look at certain cultures where they don't have the same rights because power structures will be more of the physical prowess. This can happen in an anarchy world. That's why you do need the same laws, rules, and all those things. That's why in America we set all those things. That's why women rose up, you know, to be equal, where they weren't for so long, and some will argue still aren't, you know? But the point is that anarchy... I am faster than Sylvia. I think I can beat Sylvia in a foot race. I think what I... I know, I know what you're I saying. I run but, like an ostrich. <laughs> but if you had some sort of anarchy, who gets, who gets affected? Those who, who are the weakest. Right. And so if we respect each other as individuals and as people, we protect those weak until they're strong. And that's something that people never put together. It's like, dude, power... Power is always going to be the goal for someone out there. And us that shrug our shoulders. You know, who, who? all of us that are compliant right now, they're like, I'm not going to get involved. I'm going to let the youth do their thing and just step away. Now, imagine if that's going to be a power struggle of like, I'm changing the world. And they put the wrong leader in there. They put mm-hmm. the Fidel Castro in there. They put the Joseph Stalin in there. They put now our worlds are fucked and now our kids' worlds are fucked. So it's like we can preach the revolution and the hate towards our current leader and our current, you know, faction or president because he preaches the hate back. He is the internet. He is the antagonizer that we're complaining about as far as people goes. And people are going to jump on that. That's a very big, powerful figurehead, you know? Um, But as far as all that goes, man, you said it. You nailed it. Kindness. The more hate you throw out there, the more rules you set for individuals and tell them that they don't belong, the worse it is. And that's the way I feel. That's the way I see it. So I don't agree with Protest the Heroes Frontman on this at all. Put out a song. Change it. Tell your audience to change the, the way they see the way the world. Mm-hmm. Try to change their experience with your music. Great band, love them, you know, and that's that. So, 
with that, my friends, we'll probably do this again next week, you guys. Hey! hey, hey. All right. <laughs> shoot you so bad. My dick's hard. Oh, I felt mm. that. Yes. <laughs> Let's jump into my interview with Michael Barr from Volumes. Everybody, what's going on? It's Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got Michael Barr from Volumes, and we are here to talk about the standalone track, Pixelate. Video's out right now. Track's been out, I, I want to say, since May 15th, man. But um, I really love the topic that you tackled here. So let's talk about lyrically and the motivation behind the track, Pixelate. Yeah. First of all, how's it going? How's everyone doing? Um, thanks for having me, my man. Of course. Um, yeah. So Pixelate, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's about just, like, how much we consume, like, you know, screens and news and internet. That sounds like pretty cliche, but I think it's pretty, pretty pivotal in our time right now. Like, especially I just turned 30. So I know that like I went through, you know, my, my twenties, like, you know, basically staring at a screen and now looking back, I just was like, you know, I felt like life kind of passed me by. So the song is just kind of making people, you know, aware of the fact of like, be careful of how much you ingest like digitally and how much you're on social media and how much you spend on time on Instagram and Twitter and just being cognizant of it and not letting that really, you know, change you as a person. And that's as simple as I can make it. And then obviously we can get deeper on it, but you know, that's pretty much the baseline of the song was just like, you know, about like you know that aside of social media and just like the almost cringy beat you over the top of the head part of it with like influencers and youtubers that's also was like a big proponent of writing a song and dude i, I do want to talk about this i really like that you just said you turned 30 so in your world this was in those formative years when our god is cool this was kind of you know the god you know if you may and um, I saw a film a couple of years back. I know it's probably a shitty film and nobody likes it. I like bad movies. It was It was called Assassination <laughs> Nation. Did you ever see this, Assassination Nation? No, I didn't. Anyways, this, I'll just a quick storyline, was it? Because I'm a, I'm a generation above you. I'm 39 right now. Okay, And sure. so um, the they were showing the youth, and then what happened is a hacker pretty much hacked everybody's cell phones, everything like that, and send it out to the world. Every text they send out, every picture they took on their phone and send it out to everybody so you can look up a person and then see who they really are via their digital screen. And then obviously the world was crazy, people killing each other, yada, yada. The point is, yeah. is that the film was showing this generation, it was showing this generation's real life is only their digital imprint and not being human, right? Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. stuck with me for a minute. I'm like, is that really how... You know, this generation Is that the track we're headed on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so if you are a great human being for 10 years, face to face, shake everybody's hand, go drinking one night and send out a stupid text or tweet or whatever, that matters more than those 10 years of human interaction. Yeah. Right. I, I, and I, yeah, that's a really good point. I'm going to have to check that movie out first yeah. and foremost. But I think also, you know, it's, I watched the development of these like platforms kind of start as, you know, something maybe just for corporations or if you were like owned a business or something like Twitter was just for that reason when it started out, it was like getting big corporation information out as quickly as possible and like 
just just I remember not having Instagram for like three years and getting it like in the middle of a tour one time because all my band members had it. And even when I downloaded it, um, I it wasn't even like a, a, as big as a beast as it is now, particularly pertaining to like the psychological effects of Twitter or Instagram or any of these apps. Like they were not like this for five or six years. So it's interesting that that 10 year stretch to see, yeah, like it's worse than ever. So I think I was one of those people that wasn't, you know, I, I'm not like a, a big like conspiracist or anything like that, but I definitely was bogged down and, you know, just an algorithm for a couple of years because that's all I cared about was like Twitter and Instagram. So it's it definitely interesting to go through that 10 year period and be there as the, as the um, apps like grew and changed and, you know, ever like every side of them, you know, ever, ever changing. And I just think that it wore me down. And I know a lot of people kind of have put down their phones and cooled it on the social media side and still use it, but not like they used to in their early twenties or mid twenties. Yeah, dude. Uh, I, that's something that I mean. I just remember seeing so many science fiction movies of like we as humans will be betrayed by technology, you know, if we allow it to have more importance than the human interaction, right? And uh, yeah. because and that, and again, that's why I don't I don't we're, and we're just talking, you know, we're just speculating. People, we're not experts, you know. This is just how we're talking because <laughs> I came from. That's what I mean. I came from a generation when I did not have any of that, you know, and then I slowly adapted to it. So my upbringing and everything like that, it, it infected me maybe when I was like 20. Right. Yeah. But it was, it wasn't like everybody must have it until I was like 25, 26. And I already had my brains fully developed at 25, you know? So it's like, I already had an understanding of like, no, I'm so, sort of here. Now you go back 10 years and I'm 15. I'm a completely different human being, man. I, I feel like I would charge with my emotions would charge, um, more like I guess I would be quicker. I would just be less level-headed. I feel that's what these platforms have done for a generation. Do you feel that, or am I completely off base? No, I feel it because it's. I mean, like for some reason, something changed in me, and there was a paradigm shift. Like, and I just. I mean, that's kind of like a ambitious word to describe it, but there was definitely a shift, and I realized, like, okay, I need to. I need less of this, but I. I do see like in you know the kids younger than me kids that are like 20 years old maybe 21 22 years old and kind of like they're not maybe not priorities but like just social cues and stuff like that i feel like that's attributed to how much time people spend on the apps and slowly it forms their 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 like real reality as far as like everything that they see or hear they believe you know, on their phones and stuff. And that's a scary, slippery slope. And so I, I do see that, that it, it has affected like certain people, especially living in LA and being like just driving down the street or, 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 you know, just being on my, my community of people on the, on the internet or Twitter and, and being on like my timeline and, and just seeing like people that I'm just like, wow, this is insane. Like this guy or this person cares way too much about this platform. Waste too much about their brand too much about posting and, and being seen every day like that's also i feel like 
a slippery slope too because it's if that's all you care about you know it's probably affecting your personal life too that's i mean not everybody but i could probably guess you know the cliche thing where people move out to la become a youtube or influencer they want to that's something that i think they should be very aware of is like being connected to some piece of who you are even if that's your motive and that's what you want to do it's really important to like harbor that part of it and make sure that you are connected to maybe some part of life that is real and not completely designed you know absolutely and i think that's vital for your everybody's mental health i mean your connection with another human if you're saying words that you read somewhere somewhere else because you want to sound like that person the same intelligent level and stuff like that and then you're posting it you take ownership of someone else's words like it's it's a very different and then you have to argue for someone else's words so it's a very different time um frame for a a lot of people, I mean, staying silent, though, I mean, I get bullied more in my life for staying silent than right, I, yeah. I think I ever did in my life. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm virtually trying not to add to the noise because I don't think anybody's willing to listen right now. Yes. But I know, that's, right? And then I get yes. bullied for that. That's the yeah, crazy I, part. It's like, pick a side, it, asshole. I'm like, calm down. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, you know, I know. And that, yeah, like, I see that a lot and that's mm. kind of my vibe is like, if I don't want to add to it, if I have, if I don't know, you know, if it's not my lane, I don't, if I'm not seasoned on, you know, the particular subject, like I'm not one to add to it. So I completely understand what you're talking about. And yeah, you know, it's to go back to what I was saying about people that like move out here to, to LA specifically. And I just see this a lot because it's just of where I live, um, whether it's physically or on, you know, social media and stuff like that. It's not to bog anyone down and say that they can't do that. It's just, you know, I, I just, I feel bad for people or, or sad for people that let that happen to them where they do change because they feel like they have to do that because of their image and their brand. And, you know, that sucks. I hate seeing that. Mm -hmm. I hate, I know, per, I know people personally that have gone down that path. So yeah, it's just a bummer. Yeah. A total bummer, man. And I don't know this stat, so I'm just going to say this because this I'm thinking out loud because we're talking about that. Again, guys, make sure you're checking out Pixelate. That's why I'm talking to Michael right now by Volumes. Great comeback yes. song. Guys, great video. Make sure you check it out. Um, but uh, just for the thought that I had right here is that uh, if you took like some sort of map of like Twitter followers, because when you look at how many people are on Twitter, let's just say, the number obviously compared to the population is very small. It's a very small percentage, you know? And then if you mm -hmm. break it down in the 50 states, where the Twitter people are, like the people that are on Twitter and all that stuff, across the 50 states, and then you will see that, uh, and this, again, I don't know this stat. I'm just guessing. This is just a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. We used to do this in science class. I wonder if you would see if the group think was exactly the same in the areas that had a big social media following versus the areas that don't, Right. And then yeah. that conflict, in essence, is digital footprint against human life, right? And, mm -hmm. and how can those two come together when internally us that have our digital footprint conflict against our human side can't come together internally? I'm not talking about, you know, is that, yes. a, is that a crazy thought? I'm not high right now, I swear to God. But is that yeah, a crazy no. thought? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that is a crazy thought. I mean, I don't think I probably can guarantee you that like there, there something is 
you know, there is something like that that like Twitter has or mm-hmm. one of these big companies have. But I don't think we're far off from that. Is is I, that is a crazy concept? That's a good movie plot too. That's a good movie movie twist too. If you want to write a script for that. Um, <laughs> speaking of those, you know, all those that movie we were talking about earlier. Yeah. But yeah, that you know, it's bottom line. I just, I just think like. I think it's good. I think Twitter and Instagram are positive things. Just mm-hmm. basically how you use it. It just comes down to like how you use your platform, which is something I struggled with for a really long time. And I was using it for the wrong reasons and posting things that I've, you know, only made me feel good. And, you know, like the world, just things are, you know, not you know, the world's so fragile right now that I feel like people need to use their platforms for bigger issues. And the days of like, these cliche Instagram posts and seeing the same shit on everyone's accounts is I think over or coming to an end and people are catching on. And I used to be that person for a little bit. I didn't have a thousand, I didn't have millions and millions of followers and stuff like that, but I was definitely riding that fine line of like assault, like, I don't know, just using the platform for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's really important as we get closer to, you know, as we get, as the years go on, you know what I mean? And we get 2025 and then it's 2030 as just, as the the planet gets older, I feel like people that do have any type of platform, you know, combined, I I barely have like 50,000 followers, I think combined on my Instagram and my Twitter, but even the little attention that I have for what I do, you know, I've definitely made that pivot and it'd be cool to just see other people make that change too. And, and, you know, have it resonate and stuff so it's also maybe what the song can encourage as well and more positive side of the song is rather than just you know being like fuck these people and fuck the internet because it's not about that it's there's a lot of positive stuff and you know there's a lot of good things that are on the internet and twitter and instagram there's a lot of awesome people that do use their platform from good things and i just feel like we can learn from that Absolutely. It's powerful. And with power, you need discipline. And that's something we learn later, usually, Um, because words are extremely meaningful. You know, I always have this conversation with my wife because I learned a long time ago that um, for me on the man's side is like actions matter more than words. But I learned a long time ago, you know, to my wife, words matter more than actions, you know. And so it was kind of a thing where if, if, if I posted something, some words on a screen that maybe represented me in the moment that represented her in her eyes forever, that represented me, you know, and I'm like, well, I didn't hit nobody in the face. I just got angry, you know, like, yes. And so because of that personal connection, I was like, look, I just realized like these words mean more over here than if I did hit somebody in the face and for the right reasons, you know? So power man we're given so much power at a young age because anybody can see the emotional gains and i did not have that growing up like i would have I'm, to write in a journal dude and, and you know like and uh yeah you know and and, and it, it, it wasn't documented thank god i, I mean i, yes, I really yeah. truly I know, right? thank god yeah so um yeah um and that's something that you're right man the free thinker think for yourself is is the most important lesson i think anybody can get forever you know it's like the more you regurgitate and think the way someone else is kind of inflecting you to think you're doing yourself a disservice and the people that you love or eventually will love you know um 
because everybody is going to love you for who you are, your upbringing, your everything. And then things like these platforms sometimes can sway you away because you're trying to impress strangers. Yeah, exactly. It sounds really dramatic the way mm-hmm. I'm describing it. Is describing dramatic, it. Though, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not like, yeah, like I'm not like, I'm, it's not like I go walking around thinking about this all the time, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it's something that I just went through personally. So I decided to write about and, you know, it's like life goes on like, okay, whatever. Like it's, it's, it's not like, you know, this, this big issue that I have with like the internet and stuff like that. But, you know, like, like you said, like, think about like, you know, you didn't have, I didn't, you know, you're nine years older than me, Mm -hmm. but like I said, when I was, when I was around for like the early days of Twitter, like, you know, in like, like 2010 or whatever, when I downloaded it or, you know, I forget when I, what year I was, but like when you, when you go back, like it wasn't a thing. So you still could probably like learn from your mistakes and like, even if things were documented, maybe there wasn't the culture we're in now, which thank God we are in, but where people, you know, are accountable for like pretty much everything they do now. Like there's really no room for error when it comes to kind of being belligerent on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it's like completely negative and it's like, you know, I know that I ran into a lot of issues in my early twenties and like some of them, I got away with, you know, some, that process of like, fucking up and learning from it and i think that's so important and i think if someone if the more people did detach from having to put everything out there you can go through that process which i feel like is a huge part of growing up and getting the kinks out is being able to fuck up reasonably within reason or like you know it doesn't your life isn't in shambles but i've fucked up and i've done a lot of dumb stuff and i feel like i've learned from each of those experiences and um i just hope that people don't document everything so they can go through those processes and give them time to understand that like that's a part of it too is like you need that private side of life so you can give yourself room to do that and grow and learn because that's the only way you're going to do it and it's it's so important to also like you were saying with your wife is like that tone deaf environment almost like now more than ever especially with what's going on with you know, social injustice and racial stuff, the tone deafness is definitely something that people need to be really aware of too. Like in whether it comes from like a racial aspect or like LGBTQ mm-hmm. aspect, T, don't forget the T in there. Um, you know, it's, it's so that's really important just to, just to, you know, uh, go on, like, you know, address your tangent that you were going on. Like, I think, those two aspects also are, are, are pivotal for moving forward in this environment of, you know, constantly having that trigger, that, that red button at your, at your fingertips with, you know, accessible information. And it is great for me at my age, you know, to kind of see the world changing in a positive way um, from the generation. And I think a lot of is that is, is cause of social media. I think it is. Um, I just feel in a lot of ways like, you know, I, I feel like I want the generation to get the credit, you know, when the change actually happens. I feel like a lot of times when I was growing up, a lot of things we did as a generation, we changed and we did in a positive an- avenue. It was a very slow burn because we didn't have the internet, but it always was going in the right direction, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but we don't get any credit. <laughs> like, so, and I don't care as long as the end result is fairness and everything's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and no, you know, like I said, and no large scale violence happens. I'm very a promote, I'm a proponent for peace and love and the right, getting the messages done the right way. So, um, right. but the, the, the generation that's changing things right now, I think the opportunity was golden and they didn't miss it. And I'll stand by this. I don't think there ever was a time where we as people didn't have the distractions of things we love, like sports, entertainment, you know, concerts and all that stuff. And we could have just been bored with it and been like, whatever, we'll just watch Netflix over and over. But who we are like, no, fuck that. Let's, let's, let's get real and do something now, you know, in a time yeah. where there is so few distractions. And that's a big, whatever, if you call millenniums, that's a big, like I'm patting them on the back. Way to go, man. Way to go. You know, yeah. who, who knows yes. if, who knows if, you know, put me back 10, 20 years, who knows if that would have been the same aspect or it would have been like, forget it. I'm just going to go, you know, play video games or whatever. So, you know, right. And, and as, as much as, as much as, you know, my, my generation, you know, uh, um, my peers and stuff like that, as much as there's attention on us changing the world and stuff like that, the, the, the kids that are younger than me, the kids that are like 18 to 20 years old or 22, even younger, mm-hmm. not, and I know there was, I was kind of like not bagging. Well, yeah, bagging on them, not completely shitting on them, but bagging on them earlier in this interview. There's a lot of change in that world too. Like when I grew up in high school, it was still cool to bully. It was still cool to say like, call people like gay. It was still cool to, you know, get away with those things and like now i'm seeing the culture and younger kids where that's not cool anymore like everyone kind of hangs out together at least from the knowledge that i know i know there's probably schools where there's probably people listening that are like well that's not how it is at my school but that kind of almost like 90s culture of like the school system and how kids reacted to it it's kind of different now i feel like where Mm -hmm. there is a lot of like kids that get it and that are way younger than you and i and that it is translating and it is resonating for them and like it's i feel like it's completely different experience being in school now than it was when you were in school or when i was in school where there's like that cliche like culture you know what Mm -hmm. i mean where it's like divided and kids picked on each other and it was cool to gang up on certain kids and bully and this and that. I feel like that's not the wave now and that's not what kids do. And that's not really, you know, kids will stand up against someone that does that, which I never really saw a lot of growing, being in school and being in high school and middle school and stuff like that. It was always, it was always kind of like Lord of the flies. And I don't feel like that's what's going on now. So that's also really positive and something to put out there and, and encourage, you know, and, and, and recognize, I, I think that's great. Absolutely. And I, I, if I am not bagging on the 18 and 20 year old kids out there that are listening, but exactly. I, yeah, exactly. I want to piggyback on what you said, and this is going to sound like a critique from an old guy, but the way things were doesn't mean those were right or not the way things are. So you have to yeah. always remember if you weren't in that time frame, don't judge. That's how they yeah, were, exactly. you know? Yeah. And when people are trying to figure, even I'm not going to say like, hey, look what they did in 1975. Okay, that's the way things were. Where are we now? Right. We're better. Good, you yeah. know? 
but I'm not going to look at, hey, what did you do 40 years ago, you scumbag piece of I don't do that, you know, unless it's a crime. I'm just saying, you know, but if we were put in that same environment, you adapt because you want to fit in. There's a lot of insecurities. There's a lot of fear, you know, oh, yeah. um, and I'm glad to say that I made it through without bullying people. Thank you. But the point <laughs> is, is that I didn't stop bullies. I'll tell you right now, I just walked away from them like, oh, no, well, you know. And, you know, so I'm, you know, am I a bystander in that? Was I right? No, but that's the way things were, you know, it just was, if I stood up for him, then I would have got beaten up and it wouldn't have mattered. So change happens gradually, but like you were saying, the use of the word, you know, oh, that's gay. That's not cool at all. You're right. But that's how it it was back then. Thank God we changed it. it. Yeah. So don't, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, and that's something that I always um, struggle when I'm talking to you know, newer people, I'm like, I, I understand that it was not right, but that's how it was, yeah. you know, and, and history, if we don't understand it and accept it, we repeat it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's, so. it's nuts. It, it was, uh, I, I'm just glad that it, it kind of, it's, I feel like it's changed for mm-hmm. kids. I know there's still, every kid goes through like some hard shit and, you know, rightly so, but yeah, I just, I, it was so I, I just saw some horrible stuff, you know, as probably you did too. Mm-hmm. being in, but they had in school and it's like, they had a an tough time. Out, they had an out back then that this, and this goes back to the social media. They had an out, they go home, they had a safe place. And now it's like, if you go yeah. home and you turn in your phone, you can still get bullied. So it's, it's a different so beast. True. So I think that that accelerated the process of no more bullying because now you can't escape it. Where for us, we probably like looked at it a different way. You know what? He's got the weekend. He'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it maybe it didn't come on as fast, you know. Um, yeah, it's almost like the the narrative is just never ending, and it's always there. Yeah, for, for these, for them, yeah. And so they stood up faster and said, "No, we can't escape this. We're not going to do that." Good job, millennials or whatever generation did it. Every generation, every generation since I've been born, and, I, and like I said, I'm born in the '80s, has done positive and great things and have fought, you know, to do that in a in a positive way. It's just a slow burn. And it's a slow burn. Yeah. Inst- instant gratification is what we want. But keep in mind, sometimes, you know, the comp- there's always a compromise. Sometimes if you compromise too early, you're not going to get what you want. You got to just slowly do it. You got to keep at it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to keep at it. But that's one thing I've learned mm-hmm. is it's persistence and just keeping at things. And I think that's a looking at my career and the, the roads and the turns it's taken. I think that's like it's that's that's my brand is just like i hate that i hate when people say that but persistence and yeah just relentless keep your eye on the prize a lot of people would have quit you know in the situation now we can talk about that a little bit i don't want to delve because i'm all about the future of volumes in the in the positivity but you quit the band five years ago i want to say and that now you came back um do you want to tell us a little bit about that journey and and kind of you know when you got back kind of where you were and all that stuff with the band? Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I was like 24 or 25. And when I was at that junction and I spent seven years, maybe seven and a half years with the guys in the band as a, as a whole. And I just felt like I needed to go my separate way um at that time so i did i pulled that trigger and 
um, it was tough. I mean, it was a really big decision for me to make. Um, it was, it didn't, it wasn't easy. It was like something that I thought about for a really long time. And, uh, it was scary. I went through a lot of years where I kind of didn't know if I was going to make music again. And then I kind of picked up my solo side of things and, um, that was a huge outlet for me and that was kind of saved me creatively was getting into the studio and making my own music completely different style of music and um that was that was so good for my soul for my mind and just for my workflow and uh that turned into three eps and a couple standalone singles and three or four tours that i went on and um during that process towards the tail end of me being really tired of going on these diy self-funded tours uh where i'm playing in front of like 10 to 15 people a night maybe less uh i got approached by rod and nick and they're asking me to help creatively in the studio and then it segued into me kind of jumping back in um, at kind of their crossroads of being a band and continuing on without me. So kind of crazy how it happened, um, but I'm so glad to be back. It feels super comfortable and it's, we're in the middle of making this album right now and it's really cathartic and just a fun process. And I, I missed, I missed hanging out with Rod and, being in a creative zone with him and he's just blossomed as this insane creative artist and linking back up with him, you know, five, six years later after me leaving the band is just so special. And it's something that this time around, I'm truly trying not to take for granted. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just so glad to be back and be back for the fans and connect with them. And um, it's kind of like, uh, feels like I'm, I'm dreaming sometimes because I don't think this happens for a lot of people. And I know that, and I'm just really, you know, trying to keep my, my, my head down when it, you know, when it comes to that. Nah, man, it's good to be grateful and appreciative and yeah. have a second chance to share a voice with your friends. You know, it's, it's, it's rare. You're right. A lot of times it doesn't happen. Um, but it's exciting, especially the track you guys put out already. And you just mentioned you are in the studio. Um, so you guys are looking to, how far along are you on the record? If I may inquire. Yeah, I know. That's fine. We, we, um, we love talking about the record and, like we're not we we're not we don't keep the walls that high when it comes to the, those things but um yeah we kind of got it kind of got toppled because of the pandemic situation and us not being able to properly be in a room with our producers and run the sessions like we would like to and we uh we had to resort to doing zoom sessions um and everyone's schedule i think got kind of whacked i'm sure yours yours did as well so we we are in the we are in the the midst of doing zoom sessions like three or four times a week right now with our producers but their schedules got backed up so we had, they had to take time off so it was just a kind of a wacky couple of weeks four to six weeks where 
nothing was really being done um, because of this situation. And now, as of like a week ago, we're back on and we're, we're back on to the sessions and we've already knocked out like probably half the album and we have maybe three or four more songs to go. So we're in a really good spot. Um, things are sounding really, really good, uh, better than I thought they would. And I'm just really excited to share this with everybody. The album is, you know, something really nostalgic for us. We're trying to take it back to uh, era of the band that um, f- we felt like was lost for a little bit uh, and kind of making an album that's more heavy and uh, a true representation of like what the band wants to do moving forward. Uh, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've linked up with some old producers that helped us in the past. So it just feels like full circle and that's really shining and telling through the music right now. And I couldn't be prouder of, you know, the guys, Nick, Rod and Mike, and uh, just how they've approached this process with me. It's been very unifying and something I think the band really needs right now. Cool. Exciting fans hear hear that. So I'm assuming, um, and this is an assumption, if I'm wrong, let me know that we're looking kind of for a 2021 release. It's not something you guys are going to try to put out before the end of this year, is it? I do think so. Okay. And only, and like, I, you know, it's probably a given just based on again, the COVID-19 situation, mm-hmm. every, everything, I think everyone's, you know, situation got pushed back. So ours definitely did. I do probably see a winter uh, 2021 situation for us. Absolutely not. We're, we're looking forward to it for sure. And last thing, dude, I hate to end the interview. I had a great time chatting with you, Mike, on a, on a sad note, but you guys did lose a brother in your band a little while ago, Diego. Um, and I don't know the, the details. I don't really care. I know he was 27 years old, way too young. And so I would like you, if you can, just share a good memory for the fans of the band before we go forward and just just one memory that you had that maybe you haven't thought about for a while of you two because you guys did grow up together in this band so yeah um yeah he was such a good guy and kind of and like truly an innovator and a prodigy and you know a genius i would say and i, I mean the the thing that stuck in my head when all that went down was one of the first times i i met him was at our local venue it, and he was like this little short kid with like this huge curly long haircut and like there was like some band playing and people were like moshing and doing like a dog pile for like this hardcore band and he just like ran up and was so enthusiastic and like was like trying to jump on everybody and be a part of it and like you know like it was that was kind of like almost a you know politic issue when you like get close to another like person's set or you know you're moshing with kids that don't know you and he was just like nope i'm gonna do this and that was like truly his vibe where he was just like happy to be there and always trying to make the best of the situation so like that's like something that i would always run in my head when i was like dude i've known this kid for so long and back to the days at our local venue where he had like just a long shaggy like curly haircut and stuff running around trying to mosh um but there were so many so many memories that I don't think I could there's almost too many over the over that period of time that we toured together and stuff like that we were in bands before volumes together I was in a band with him 
for a couple years before that. Um, so even just playing in our band uh, with like our local homies and our friends and our neighbors, that was a trip to playing local shows. And um, yeah, it, it, it is sad, but you know, his music lives on and um, you know, the, his, his vibe truly lives on through volumes, I think forever. And I think that's safe to say. Excellent, man. No priceless memories. I want to thank you, man, for sharing that with us for sure. And the vibe is the most important thing. And like you said, if that lives on and that's always in the back of your guys' head, I think it's going to be a great tribute uh, to a good friend of you guys. So with that, I want everybody one more time. Pixelate. It's out right now, the standalone single, the video. Make sure you guys are checking that out. Support volumes during this time and all that. So with that, Michael, I want to thank you so much, man, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Absolutely, my friend.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard is off volumes, the standalone single, Pixelate. Make sure you guys are checking it out, buying that, that song, and checking out the video. Fantastic track. Michael Barr, welcome back to that band. It's going to be cool. As you heard, they're working on new music right now. Second song you heard. Now, when I was growing up as a fan of Metal Sucks, my favorite things are the bands that Vince and Axel would introduce the world to. And last week, Axel introduced me to a band I never heard of. It was called Descend, and that track is called Lily. Uh, the record is called The Deviant, and it's coming out this year. I don't have the exact date, guys, but that song blew my mind. Again, while we're doing all this political talk, while we're doing all this COVID stuff going on, while we're, we're trying to figure out the new world ahead of us in the next six months, don't miss out on the posts where these guys are finding great tracks like that one by Descend. Again, Lily. So make sure you guys look for The Deviant in the future. Fantastic track. I want to thank you again for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the iTunes. I want to thank everybody for not giving us a one-star review as we're doing our political talk, all these episodes and our COVID talk. That could talk. all change. We appreciate the non-one-star <laughs> reviews, too. It. Don't jinx it. Don't you jinx but, it. hey, if it happens, it happens. That's fine. Speak your mind. Free speech is where it's all about. I want to thank everybody again for supporting our other podcast, Rise to Offend. You guys are truly the best. Everybody that keeps supporting that one and checking it out. Thank you guys again. Until next week. Our friends, if you guys want to email me directly, rise to offend at gmail.com and we can chat it up later. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. <laughs>